0: in our message series today uh in this advent season called for he alone is worthy. So if you've got a Bible with you, I invite you to find Luke chapter 2, second uh, Matthew Mark Luke third gospel in the New Testament and we are going to learn about some shepherds today because in the events around the life or the birth of Jesus, of course you've got all these different characters including The shepherds and shepherds are are pretty lowly people. Even in our journey to Bethlehem, shepherds are always the hardest roles to fill in the cast because nobody wants to be a shepherd. We've actually had to make them into we use mannequins now for our shepherds out there because nobody likes being a shepherd. It's kind of a kind of a lowly place. They're the, they, you know, and the, at the time, they were the hard-working blue-collar, uh, guys. They, it was a 24-7 job. They're in the elements. They're, they're, they, you know, they're, it's difficult and lonely and, and the guys watching the sheep don't actually own the sheep. They're just the guardians and protectors and breeders and, you know, they're taking care of these smelly, obstinate creatures. Someone else owns them, but they're just there to serve someone else. Uh, those are the shepherds. But sheep are, are fun creatures. They're, they're, wonderful. I've got a couple of pictures here. I know we're short on time, but I can't resist showing you these pictures. I spotted these uh, sheep uh, at the neighbor of a friend of mine up in the foothills. And I came over to the fence and they just started coming over to me and all oh, talking, you know, a mile a minute at me. And uh, then we got this next one. They just kind of come right up to the fence. But, you know, sheep can be also sort of pushy and obstinate, like in this last picture of them. He's just like he was trying to get at me. I don't know what that was about. Sheep are funny creatures. And uh, the Bible calls us sheep. It really does. We are the sheep of his pasture. And and we can only speculate really about why the shepherds were the first to be told about the birth of Jesus. And maybe uh, Becky, my wife, was saying, well, maybe it's because in that simple, isolated lifestyle, they're actually in a place where they could hear, where they were where it was quiet and they were actually, instead of like the rest of us running around frantically and say, I don't hear from God because we never stop and slow down. They could actually hear and have this remarkable encounter. So I'm going to read to you Luke chapter two, starting at verse tw- one. Let's stand together for the reading of God's word. It's uh, familiar to you, I know, but let's read it again. Luke chapter two, beginning at verse one says, at that time, the Roman emperor Augustus decreed that a census should be taken throughout the Roman empire. This is the first census taken when Quirinius was governor of Syria. All returned to their own ancestral towns to register for this census. And because Joseph was a descendant of David, King David, he had to go to Bethlehem in Judea, David's ancient home. And he traveled there from the village of Nazareth in Galilee. And he took with him Mary, his fiancée, who was now obviously pregnant. And while they were there, the time came for her baby to be born. And she gave birth to her child, her first child, a son. And she wrapped him snugly in strips of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no lodging available for them. And that night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. And suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared to them and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. And they were terrified, or as Linus says, sore afraid. Right? But the angel reassured them, don't be afraid. He said, I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David, and you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby, wrapped snugly in strips of cloth, lying in a manger. And suddenly the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. And when the angels had returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that's happened, which the Lord has told us about. And they hurried to the village and they found Mary and Joseph. And there was the baby lying in the manger and seeing him. The shepherds told everyone. What had happened and what the angel had said to them about this child and all who heard the shepherd's story were astonished. But Mary kept all these things in her heart and thought about them often. And the shepherds went back to their flocks, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen. And it was just as the angel had told them. We thank the Lord for his word. This morning, and in the few minutes I have here this morning, I want to give you just four quick thoughts about authentic worship through the eyes of the shepherds. Authentic worship from uh, based out of their response. And, and, and the first thing that we really love about the shepherds is the sense of urgency. They just get up and go The the angels have gone and like, well, let's go see it. And I don't want you, but I think if it was me, I'd be like, hang on, hang on, guys. We got to talk about what just happened. I mean, did we really see that? And by the way, look at this great selfie I got of the angel. Give me a minute. I got to get this on my Instagram, right? And we'd be like, I I, I don't know that I would have been so quick to respond like the shepherds, but they're like, well, let's go. We got to go see this right now. There's an urgency and they, they went with urgency because this, if you're taking notes, write this down. Authentic worship is an act of urgent faith. Authentic worship is an act of urgent faith, right? Last week, we said that Mary... went showed her faith by her action and and these guys they went because they believed they actually believed they'd find the child wrapped in snuggling strips of cloth and and swaddling clothes whatever and lying in that manger and when you open your mouth to worship jesus whether it's here when we gathered whether you're singing in your car whether you take a moment and you're praying do you have an expectation that you're going to encounter jesus do you have that belief that you're going to meet with Jesus, that urgency of like, I'm going to, I'm going to meet Jesus just as has been promised, because that's an act of faith, urgent faith. And some of you, I know you struggle with a meaningful encounter with God in worship, but do you approach with an expectation? Do you come expecting to meet with Jesus? And, and I'll give you a little tip. Sometimes, especially in our corporate gathering, sometimes it helps To sit close to the front where you're not so distracted by all the people in front of you. It's one of the reasons I sit up front so I don't see the rest of you. And it, it it helps me engage. It helps me expect, you know, fulfill that expectation that I'm going to meet with the Lord. Now, keep in mind that Christ child was not exactly found in a cathedral. There's no stained glass. There's no grand pipe organ there. There's no beautiful altar. It was a place where the animals were. Right? Jesus was sleeping in a feeding trough. Yes, probably in a home, but the kind of home where the animals share the space. And where there's animals, there's straw and smell, right? It, 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 you know, you talk about building up an immune system. I know pediatricians tell new moms, don't let your baby, don't take your baby out anywhere in public for at least six weeks. You don't want them exposed to germs. And there's Jesus lying in a manger. Right? I mean, just think about this. It's great immune system. But, uh, uh my point is this. Authentic worship looks past the mess. Authentic worship looks past the mess. Here you've, you've got these shepherds, obviously of low standing, but that doesn't mean to say they couldn't be proud. They had to humble themselves to say, let's go see. And once they got there, they didn't say, this place is a dump. Like, this is place is really small. I don't like how this is set up. Boy, the lighting's not good in here, and the smell's kind of weird, and the temperature's not right. And Right? They just came and they worshiped. And when we gathered to worship I want us to have the heart of these shepherds who will look past all the outer trappings and say, "I'm just here to meet with Jesus. I'm just here to worship the worship Christ." And and it may not be in the way I'd feel most comfortable or way I'd prefer, but authentic worship looks past the mess, the imperfection, because listen, um, you know, spoiler alert: none of us are perfect. There is nothing that's perfect. There's nothing that's got dialed in, right? And and we got to be okay with that in our worship. And not only can the environment be imperfect and messy, we can be a little imperfect and messy in here too, on the inside. I, I don't know about you, but authentic worship has to look past our own mess. And sometimes we say, well, I, I can't really worship, you know, I can't really talk to Jesus because I'm, I'm kind of messed up, and I, you know, I've sinned a bunch, and I'm I'm this, and I'm that. I'm like, well, welcome to the club. We don't worship because we're worthy. We worship because Jesus is worthy. That's the point. Jesus is always worthy, and and we're always not. And and so we we want to come in that that sense, looking past the mess, just as I am, as the old song said, without one plea, right? But that Thy blood was shed for me. It's an important uh, that we grasp grasp that. Now, the shepherd story doesn't end when they leave the house, right? Luke says what? They told everyone what had happened. They told them about the angels. They told them stuff. And listen, authentic worship is evangelistic. What do I mean by that? It means it's the point of telling something good. The authentic worship is evangelistic. When we encounter Jesus personally, we want others to know. And it didn't matter if people thought the shepherds were crazy. Oh, you saw shepher- the angels, did you, out there in the field? Out there with the grass, maybe? Like, well, what's going on, guys? Right? No, they they, they 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 Luke doesn't even say whether or not the people that heard them believed. It just says they were astonished by what they'd heard. And God invites us into worship, not as a selfish experience, but as a shared experience. It's meant to be something we we make known. And my time of praising God is meant to equip me to make the Lord known. And I will add this. You will never share Jesus if you aren't worshiping Jesus. You will never share Jesus if you are not worshiping Jesus. And, and listen, we always talk about what we exalt in our lives, right? Uh, for example, hot, uh, football. NFL is fun, and and I I think it's great. But if all you can talk about is the 49ers, it might just be that you have exalted the 49ers in your life to a place. One of the good things about the pandemic and all the woke nonsense that's gone along with it, for me personally, has been it's sort of broken my my love for professional hockey. Look, I still enjoy hockey. I listened to part of a game last night. I I love hockey, but. I have kind of had to realize maybe it was becoming a little bit of an idol in my life. I had to be honest about that. We talk about that which we exalt, and I, I want us to be people who uh, you know evangelize Jesus. We evangelize what we worship. All right, worship team, Christy, why don't you come forward because there's a great song we're going to finish with today. But I got one more thing I want to share with you, and this is really, really important. This gets really personal. A simple life is made great when Jesus is made known. A simple life is made great when Jesus is made known. There's no reason why we should be talking about shepherds this morning. Shepherds are not significant people in this world. These men were not great warriors nor philosophers. They were not kings or conquerors. They were guys in a field watching over a bunch of dumb, smelly sheep. And here we are, 2,000 years later, still talking about them. Why? Because they were the first to know about Jesus and the first to make Him known. And you might feel like your life is insignificant or at least simple and unnoticed and you might be okay with that. You say, look, I'm not looking for fame. I'm not looking for the platform. Neither were the shepherds. But do you want your life to count? Do you want your life to matter? That's what I'm talking about, significance, about greatness. I'm telling you, you can have a great life, a significant life, and I'm not going all Joel Osteen on you here, right? I'm just saying a simple life that honors Jesus and makes Him known is a great life. This morning, many of you are thinking about this dear friend of yours, a guy named Ed, who was a postal carrier and you don 't think about postal carriers as particularly impressive you know major significant people, but how many hundreds, thousands of people who hurt Ed along with others in the this great quartet that sang around the states, and how many people were encouraged and blessed and ministered to because a postal carrier named Ed was making Jesus known to them. Our dear friend Ed Wilms' life isn't great because he was famous or because he was the best singer, although he was great, or because he was the fastest mail carrier. I don't know, maybe he was. (laughs) He's a great life because he made Jesus known to people. A simple life is made great when Jesus is made known. That's what the shepherds teach us. And I want us to be like that. And it begins in worship, just like the shepherds. It it begins, real worship is that act of urgent faith. Real, authentic worship. Looks past all the junk and the mess and the imperfection and the troubles. And it it's evangelistic. It wants to make Jesus known. We're going to... Sing this song here. It's a it's a pretty intimate song. In some ways, it's almost like a love song to, to Jesus. But I just want you to think about that sense of, of of just drawing near to Him. And as you draw near to Jesus, He loves to make Himself known to you to lead and direct your life. Thanks for listening. Know that God loves you more than you can imagine. And for everything Bethany Church, check out BethanyChurchFresno.com.